Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 3 of Half Past Bedtime by H. H. Bashford. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 3 The Little Ice Men Marion's daddy was very glad when Captain Jeremy married Gwendolen's aunt, because he and Captain Jeremy had been boys at school together, and he had always been very fond of him, and he was gladder still when Captain Jeremy and Gwendolen's aunt left Bellington Square. They did this a week after the wedding, because Captain Jeremy hated Bellington Square, and they went to live in an old farmhouse two miles out of town. It was a beautiful old house, with a gabled roof and golden-red bricks like a winter sunset, and the halls and passages of it were dark and velvety, and the rooms upstairs smelt of lavender. Leading from the road to the front door was a cobbly path, with lawns on each side of it, and big trees standing on the lawns, with low-spreading branches that touched the grass. Behind the house was a kitchen garden full of cucumber frames and vegetables, and behind that was an orchard with a gate leading into the fields. These were all hard and crinkly with frost, and the fruit trees were bare because it was the second of January, but that made the house seem all the snugger with its low-paneled walls and log fires. When they had been in this house a week, Gwendolen's aunt gave a children's party and Marion and Cuthbert were asked to go, because their daddy was Captain Jeremy's friend. Marion was very pleased, because she had always liked Gwendolen, although she had never known her very well, but Cuthbert said that he didn't like her and that he'd rather stay at home. Marion told him how much she had improved since her voyage to Monkey Island, but Cuthbert said that he didn't care, and that she was a silly sort of girl anyhow. He was only pretending, however, because just after Christmas he had been in the hospital having his tonsils out, and he had already missed two or three parties, and didn't mean to miss another. So they went to the party, and Cuthbert was rather glad, because one of the girls there was a girl named Doris, who had been in hospital having her tonsils out at the same time as he. She was rather a decent girl, ten years old, with dark-colored eyes and brown hair and one of her thumbs was double-jointed, and she had been eight times to the seaside. Just at present she was a little pale, and so was Cuthbert himself, and Gwendolen was so brown that when they stood near her they looked paler still. Captain Jeremy came and shook hands with them, 
"'Hello,' he said. "'What's the matter with you?' "'It's their tonsils,' said Marion. "'They've just had them out, and of course they're a little pulled down.' Captain Jeremy examined them thoughtfully. Cuthbert liked him, and so did Doris. "'What you want,' he said, "'is a trip with me. That would soon set you up again.' Gwendolen and Marion had gone off to play, so Cuthbert and Doris had him to themselves. "'I should like it very much,' said Cuthbert. "'So would I,' said Doris. "'But I'm afraid Mummy wouldn't let me go.' "'I see,' said the captain. "'Well, I'm off next week to Port Jacobson in the Arctic Circle. But you wouldn't be able to go to school next term if you came with me, because I shan't be back till the middle of May.' Cuthbert put his hand up and pinched his throat. "'It's still rather sore,' he said. "'So is mine.' said Doris. Captain Jeremy laughed. Well, there's nothing like the Arctic Circle, he said, for people who've just had their tonsils out. Then he spoke to Doris. Let me see, he said. I know where Cuthbert lives, but where do you live? Doris told him that she lived in John Street, which was the next street to Cuthbert's. Her father was dead, and her mummy was rather poor, as she had five other children besides Doris. Captain Jeremy nodded. Then perhaps I shall be able to persuade her, he said, to let me take you off her hands for a bit. Doris danced up and down. Oh, I wish you would, she cried. I'd simply love to see the Arctic Circle. So would I, said Cuthbert, and they were both so excited that they could hardly eat any tea. When Marion heard about it, she wished that she was pale, too, and she wished it ever so much more the next morning, when Captain Jeremy called on her father and mother, and persuaded them to let Cuthbert go. Then he went to John Street and talked to Doris's mother, and he looked so commanding and yet so gentle, that Doris's mother said she would be very glad to let Doris go with him to Port Jacobson. "'Of course it'll be very cold,' he said, "'and they'll have to wear furs, but we can easily get those when we arrive, and all they'll want for the voyage is plenty of underclothing and their oldest clothes.' For a voyage like that, all among the ice, Captain Jeremy's sailing-ship wasn't quite suitable, so he had hired a little steamer with very thick sides and a trusty pilot. Port Jacobson was in a sort of bay just under the shelter of Cape Fury, and beyond Cape Fury the coast had hardly been explored. It was all so bare and bleak and rocky. The only people who lived there were a few fishermen, a clergyman named Mr. Smith, and a couple of engineers, who had been there for a year and had just found a coal-mine. It was the engineers who had written to Captain Jeremy because they wanted him to bring them some machinery, and also because they wanted him to take back some of the coal that they had already dug up. That was how Captain Jeremy made his living, fetching and carrying things across the sea. Neither Cuthbert nor Doris was the least bit seasick, and they loved to stand on the bridge beside Captain Jeremy and see the great billows rushing toward the steamer one after another in the bright sunshine. Sometimes they went below into the dark engine-room, where they had to shout to make themselves heard, and where the pistons of the engines slid to and fro like the arms of boxers that never got tired. How they loved the cabin, too, at mealtimes, when the cook rolled in with the steaming dishes, 
and what meals they ate, in spite of the lurching table and the water slamming against the portholes. In a couple of days' time they had forgotten all about their tonsils, and two days after that they had almost forgotten their homes, and a week later they saw something in the distance like the gray ghost of a cathedral. It was an iceberg, the first that they had seen, but soon they began to see them every day, sometimes pale in mournful groups, like broken statues in a cemetery, and sometimes sparkling in the sun as though they were crusted with a million diamonds. One day they came on deck just after breakfast and saw miles and miles of ice all jumbled together, and three hours later they saw a great cliff covered with snow standing out to sea. That was Cape Fury, and as they drew nearer they could see a little cluster of dark houses with spires of smoke rising from their chimneys, and that was Port Jacobson. The pilot was on deck now, shouting all the time, and the steamer was going very slowly, with ice on each side of it, and they could see some men coming toward them with rough-haired dogs pulling sledges. At last the steamer could get no farther, although it was still about a mile from the town, and they cast out anchors and a long cable that they began to carry toward the shore. It seemed very funny to Cuthbert and Doris to feel their feet again on something steady, even though this was only the rough surface of the frozen bay in front of the port. The days were so short here that the sun was already low and the great cape stood dark and menacing, while far inland they could see the peaks of mountains slowly fading against the sky. Among the men who had come to meet them were the two engineers and Mr. Smith, and they were very surprised to see Cuthbert and Doris running about on the ice and trying to make snowballs. Then they all set off toward the little town, with the lights shining in its windows, and Mr. Smith said that they must stay with him, because he and Mr. Smith had no children. Captain Jeremy was to stay with the two engineers, who had built a little house of their own, but they all came in to supper with the Smiths, and Cuthbert and Doris were allowed to sit up. "'Tomorrow,' said Mr. Smith, "'we'll get you some furs, and then you'll be able to go tobogganing with the other children.' And Cuthbert and Doris said, "'Hooray!' because they had learned to toboggan on Fairbarrow Down. Just before they went to bed they saw a wonderful thing, for the whole of the sky began to quiver, and beautiful colors went dancing across it, melting away and then coming back again. These were the northern lights, or the aurora borealis, and Cuthbert and Doris could have watched them all night. But they soon fell asleep, and most of the next day they were out tobogganing with the other children, and they soon became so good at it that they could go as fast as any of them, and hardly ever had a spill. By the end of the week they had got into the habit of climbing on to the top of Cape Fury and tobogganing back again more than a mile and a half right down to Mr. Smith's house. The first time they climbed up there the slope had looked so steep and the roofs of the houses so far below them that they had stood for nearly ten minutes before they could make up their minds to start. But some of the other children had done it, and at last Doris had said, Well, come on, Cuthbert, we mustn't be afraid. And Cuthbert had told her to hold on tight, and so they had pushed off over the frozen snow. 
By the time they had got halfway they were going so fast that the air was roaring in their ears, but the track was straight and they had kept... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.